All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Gold Jr., Mike Gold Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, all of that and more. Uh, got a fun one today for you guys in terms of guests. Jason Fitz. Our good buddy from Yahoo Sports is going to stop by as we convene what we believe to be our final round of the NFL <laughs> playoff committee rankings. We've got through all the college football playoff committee rankings, and we have to decide who we are going to royally screw, a la Florida State, who yep. I just saw this morning, has uh, now had the news press conference for the Orange Bowl canceled between them and Georgia. So you wonder if there's some still simmering bad feelings there for our Seminole friends. We've also got Brevin Jordan, uh, Houston Texans tight end, going to stop by and hang out with us today here uh the good vibes texans continue to roll and we get to hear all about their big win against the denver broncos and the playoff push from that team but dad overnight major league baseball while we've all been sitting around making sure we whisper about the shohei Itani free agency <laughs> don't say anything <laughs> get to, that. to upset wow. our our large <laughs> japanese son but in the meantime, the uh, New York Yankees decided to make some noise, Dad. The Yanks went out and did the damn thing. They acquire Juan Soto from the Padres in a seven-player trade that sends a whole bunch of arms out to the Padres that they desperately need as they got to offload some funds because their TV deal exploded underneath them. Yeah. And now cash is going to be a little bit harder to come by for all the stars they were trying to tie together to do some winning out there. And the Yankees, Dad, desperately get a few things Certainly a lefty bat that they needed in this lineup, a guy who can get on base, a little bit of outfield help. But as much as anything else, they had a signal to their fan base that last year was not good enough and we're going to go out here and try with one of the brightest young stars in the game. Well, they're one of the few teams out there, a handful of teams out there that can do whatever they want whenever they want, right? Uh, everything else be damned. Like if they go over the you know the luxury threshold of – what are the 297 million, what do they call it, the Steve Cohen tax, you know, and, and have to pay on that. <laughs> they may be over 300 million uh, when they're done because now they're going to have to go out and buy some arms as well. Um, so they, they, but they're one of the teams that can do that. Everything else be damned. They'll do it. And they get a guy in Juan Soto who's now been traded twice in, I think, about 17 months. Remember, he went from Washington 
to San Diego, played a little over 100 games in 22 in Washington and like 52, I think, in San Diego. So it gets traded there. San Diego has a plan and the Yankees have a plan that says we need to win again because we can spend money and we're normally good and we haven't won a pennant in a while. So we got to do whatever we got to do. And that means even if it throws everything out of whack. So you got him out and right. You got Verdugo, who you picked up from the Red Sox out and left. And now you got Aaron Judge in center field. So maybe some outfield issues on the defensive side. Uh, we'll see from a guy, especially with Judge in center field, the movement you got to do there and the injuries he's had. But again, you take all that because of the bats. I mean, Juan Soto's bat. He's also led the National League in walks in the last three years, you know, doing that Billy Bean ball, just getting on base. That's what he's been able to do. So this is the Yankees saying we're going for it, but they're not done because we know they got to pick up some arms as well. And let's all remember Juan Soto is a free agent after this year. So, yeah, and of course the Yankees have the funds to sign him to a big deal. The dude's only 25 years old. So he's got a lot of money when they get a little desperate can do whatever they need to do knowing that it's going to cost them, but knowing it could get them where they want to be. And he's a Boris client. That means he's going to get every last cent that he possibly can out of that. And you mentioned the success. According to ESPN Stats and Info, his adjusted OPS is 157. <laughs> it's the fifth highest all time through a player's 24th season, trailing only Ty Cobb, Mike Trout, unsurprisingly, <laughs> Mickey Mantle, yeah. and Jimmy Fox. So yeah. the guy gets on base. The guy gets it done. Uh, the full terms of the trade for anyone that's interested in that, the Yankees also get outfielder Trent Grisham from the Padres as a part of that deal and the Padres get right-handers Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez and starting pitching prospect Drew Thorpe and catcher Kyle Higashaka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, I I'm apologize glad you tried that one. if I didn't. Yeah. Dad, my favorite part of this might have been the announcement from the Yankees Twitter account because I didn't realize the Yankees were trying to have fun on the internet now. The tweet from the Yankees yesterday that went out around 8.20 p.m. was, John Soto appears headed to the Yankees. Now, if you're unfamiliar <laughs> yeah. of why that's right. funny or why that matters here, yeah. go back almost a year ago to the day, MLB insider John Heyman tweets out a tweet that will live in infamy. The arson judge appears headed to Giants tweet yeah. in the midst of Aaron Judge's conversations in the offseason. The misspelling of judge, the phrasing of the tweet, quickly deleted but never forgotten by the internet and apparently not by the admin for the Yankees Twitter account who decided to make reference to this. Dad, it felt like an A-plus vibes day for the Yankees yeah. all around considering the internet currency they got back and, oh, by the way, the remarkable 25-year-old player. Yeah, and one of, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're the casual fan, you're not going to get that. You're going to have to figure out what nope. he meant, right? And what was going on and dig back with the, the Heyman tweet that he had to, uh, you know, delete it, I think, seven minutes after he tweeted it for two reasons, getting Judge's name wrong and getting the fact that he was going to the Giants wrong. As he said, I may have jumped the gun on this one. So it didn't work out. You know, sometimes you try and be first instead of right. And, and it can cost you. So Yankees doing Yankee things. Again, in a desperation of Yankee things because they haven't won in a while and they had a bad year last year. And the Padres, there are those, I was reading grades on this, and there are those that are grading the, the Padres side of this as a better grade. You know, they need to rebuild a little bit. They need to drop some cash, which they did. They need to build some depth, which they did, especially in the rotation. So, you know, th this is both these teams going in different directions right now of what the Padres are doing and what the Yankees are doing. So uh, a lot of people think the, the Padres made out pretty good in this one. Yeah, no, uh, the Padres definitely filled a need. And like we said, you know, the a lot of the underlying cause for them, their local TV deal defaulted last year. Major League Baseball took over with some of the direct-to-consumer distribution rights and things like that for them. And they're going to be short a little bit of cash coming up over the next six, seven yep. years or so. And so you start to make some different decisions because a lot of those big-time contracts, Dad, for guys like Soto on that Padres team were backloaded contracts the way we often see with these. And so decisions get made and how it ends is we get another one of major league baseball's best and brightest young prospects wearing a yankees uniform yeah. we'll get to uh the potential for an 
another very impressive young talent to be wearing a different uniform. It seems like the Dodgers and the Yankees are always the names that come up, and right. we'll see how much um, Dave Roberts' public admission that he talked to Shohei Itani <laughs> might actually affect everything that's going on here. But, Dad, if we're going to talk about leaks and things getting out, I feel like we need to finally put to bed what happened with the New York Jets as our national nightmare is over. Zach Wilson has been named the starter for the New York Jets. And I loved the quote from Rob Soledad when he got asked about if this would be Zach Wilson back as the starter for the remainder of the season. And he said, God willing. That yeah. felt like the most <laughs> honest, like cathartic answer that he could give at this point, given what the Jets quarterback situations become. Listen, again, I wasn't inside there. We all don't know what happened. We're going on reports. As I said, I find it hard to believe that there would be a player in of Zach Wilson's caliber and how he has played to, to basically say, I don't really want to go back on the field again. Uh, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying some players wouldn't do that, but we've talked about range of where you are. You know, maybe where he got drafted is still sticking in his head like I had this kind of of power. He says that was never – we'll, we'll listen to the sound of it. But I think this was the right move. I, I mean, listen, you cut Boyle, you have Trevor Simeon, and you picked up Brett Ripien. Okay? Zach Wilson, in, in the line that the, co that the coach uses all the time, he gives us the best chance to win. I mean – it may be by a slim margin, and the chance to win may be very, very low, but he still does, I think, give you the best chance to win. So put him out there and leave him out there, barring injury for the rest of the season, unless it's just an absolute, you know, horrific show, which unfortunately we've seen out of Jet quarterbacks. Yeah, but which I'd say be. he's the guy. Yeah, exactly. I would say, yes, he's, he's the guy the rest of the year. Enjoy him in that Jet uniform because he's going to be wearing a different uniform next year. This was Robert Sala and Zach Wilson on the move to put Zach back in the starting lineup. Zach gives us our best chance to win um, and uh, giving him another opportunity to go prove that. Like I said uh, on Monday, he came into my office, he wants the ball, uh, and he's excited about getting this opportunity to finish the season strong. I think any opportunity you can get in this league is a good one, and I think more than anything, you know, the the love and care I have for these guys, you know, especially, especially this year for some reason, you know, it's been, it's been challenging, you know, I think everyone's felt that, but, uh, you know, extremely excited to get back on the field with these guys. Between the voice and the look, Zach Wilson kind of looks like a really skinny Chris Cody to me, which I did not <laughs> realize until just this moment or not. But, uh, yeah, Dad, everyone's saying what they have to at this point. After an yep. ugly week, I did see Rob Sala also kind of responding to Aaron Rodgers' comments, being very publicly critical of the organization. He kind of pushed back that he was being critical of the team and more of the leaks and all those things. But, unfortunately, what you said about barring anything going terribly paraphrasing here with this team that seems like the overwhelmingly likely option right now like every yeah. week because the Jets decided to wait so long to even think about yeah. addressing their problems at this position now it seems like they're in a position where it only gets worse from here on out I don't see any reason yeah. why it would get better this isn't like Alabama early in the season cycling through quarterbacks against South Florida in a game they knew was infinitely winnable going back to Jalen Milrow after that because like you said they clearly saw he gave them the best chance of winning but then you've got this whole season of development that takes place there was this positive trajectory with Zach Wilson we've simply seen too much football from him in this context to believe that somehow it's going to magically get better because he sat down for a couple of games yeah it's not going to get better uh when when there should have been a little voice trailing off after Robert Sala said he gives us our best chance to win which isn't very much. Um, they just they just don't have a lot. They they play the Texans, the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Browns, and the Patriots. Well, that should be a real doozy. Jets and Patriots to finish off the season. Can't wait for that one. That should be played amongst family, friends, and prisoners forced to watch it. But I I, I definitely agree with this move. I think they they went down a road that we all questioned the road when Aaron Rodgers got hurt of why they didn't try a different road. But this is their road, and there is zero. There has, not only now, there has been zero they can do about it for a while. Now, there will be people that will say, well, look, Josh Job Dobbs was just picked up a couple of weeks ago. Joe Flacco's just uh, two weeks ago. So they still could have done something. But they this was their decision to do 
nothing basically so this is what you live with the rest of the year it'll be ugly the rest of the year they'll either squeak out wins or get blown out and it all depends basically on how well the defense plays <laughs> can the defense keep them in right. all these games if the defense has an off game they're screwed unless you know they're playing the patriots then you know we could see another six zip game like the chargers uh, but but that's what it's going to be for the rest of the year, and I and I'm sure that's where Jet fans and I'm sure Jet fans want them to lose every single game to try and get as better a a draft pick as they possibly can. That's uh, you bring Stu Gatz on, and Stu Gatz will have the voodoo doll out uh, to have his team lose every single game. I mean, if you bring Stu Gatz on, he was telling us before the season nothing was good was going to happen to this team, and if you yep. believed that anything good was going to happen to this team, you weren't an actual Jets fan because actual Jets <laughs> fans know that that is not part of their destiny. That's not something that's supposed to happen with them, and so he saw this coming before anybody. Uh, the Stu Gatz, the sports whisperer, absolutely Nostradamus this situation uh, and called it to a T. So they get that one there, but that, like you said, it, it's at this point. Once you've forsaken all other options, yep. all you can really do. Like Minnesota with Josh Dobbs is sort of in the same situation, right? With their quarterback situation yes. where when you're choosing between Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall, who's a rookie, yep. you look at those options and go, all right, yeah, I, I think the Pastronaut probably does give us our best chance to go out here and win a few games remaining. Now, as we've seen, that might have hit a ceiling. And it would have with the Jets too, like Josh Dobbs, is not going to prove to be. I think I remember one week after Josh Dobbs got in the lineup, there were some people thinking, could this be a Geno Smith situation? Could this be one of those spots where maybe he gets himself another year in Minnesota to try and be the long-term answer? And, Dad, I think it's a good reminder that more often than not, like there aren't a lot of Geno Smith situations out there where the right context right. can save almost anybody, but... Josh Dobbs coming in I shouldn't say that there are more Geno Smith cases out there certainly because context can save a lot of guys but you look at what Josh Dobbs has gone through in terms of trajectory this season Geno Smith had gotten to sit and be the backup he was inside the building in the organization in Seattle for a while digesting all that Josh Dobbs is on like his fourth playbook this season walking yeah. into the organization where now he might actually know everybody's name so while he gives you the best chance skill set wise out of those quarterbacks it is a reminder he's not been set up to succeed all that well either. This, I'm with you. This was a no-brainer. Josh Dobbs should start. It looks like you're going to be getting Justin Jefferson back. Because unlike the situation with the Jets we're talking about with a messed-up quarterback situation, they're, they're nowhere near the playoffs. Minnesota is the sixth seed right now. They are the sixth seed. Yep. Green Bay is the seventh seed. They're both trailing Detroit. Mike, this could be the best last three games in the division. Of for the year, the last three games for Minnesota are Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. I mean, that is a way to end. So you have Minnesota and Green Bay battling to stay in the playoffs, and they're a few games away from Detroit, but Minnesota gets them twice. Now, to think that Minnesota would sweep Detroit, I don't think that would happen, but they have the opportunity to. It's right there in front of them. So where there's right now there's three teams in the NFC North in the playoffs. And two of those and, and they and they're playing one another. Minnesota, as I said, plays the Green Bay and they play Detroit a couple of times as well. So I'm really looking forward to the last few weeks of this season on where these teams are. But Josh Dobbs is absolutely the right move. Yeah, that that becomes very fascinating there. I think right now, everyone obviously is buying all the Green Bay Packers stock they can. That seems like a playoff yep. team and someone where the arrow's pointing up, the quarterback situation's a lot more figured out. And then if you're the Minnesota Vikings, with that stretch coming up in particular, and three games in the division that absolutely looked like they could all three be losses, based on the point that you're at in the season, the beneficiary of that becomes the Los Angeles Rams. Like, we could talk a lot more about Try. them, but Matthew Stafford being back now changes that offense that is fast, got Kyron Will Williams there, Puka Nakua, provided he survives all the litany yeah, of banged yeah. up things that happened to him in the last game against the Browns. But uh, that's a team on, on a strong trajectory. York Jets certainly not entertaining any thoughts like that. And you'd have to imagine too, like you know, we've saw and heard a lot from Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of days on a number of subjects. The one thing I don't feel like we heard an awful lot about at this point, Dad, was the notion of coming back and playing again. No. Like I, I'd have to imagine. 
he has looked at the scene now realistically there and two physically coming back like we haven't heard any more about like the progress there there was a lot of words and not a lot of them were about the stuff that we usually got which is the trajectory of him getting back and i think everyone involved is realizing hey there's a drastic step between going on field and throwing a football in a red jersey and feeling like you can not only move around on an nfl field but move around behind the current iteration of the jets offensive line and so it's almost refreshing to see that take a back seat right now because it never felt realistic to begin with, even though realistic no. had been thrown out the window given how fast Aaron Rodgers had chewed through all of this recovery. Listen, how fast he has recovered to what he's doing now has been incredible. Absolutely incredible. And like I said, we've seen others with other injuries. I see Adrian Peterson seven months from an ACL, and technology gets better, surgeries get better. We, you, know, you had a high ankle sprain, you were out five to six weeks. Now you got the tightrope surgery, you can be back earlier. So we see it. And did we see it here to where what he's doing now, we've, we don't see guys doing coming off of, of Achilles. But what he's doing now, what he would need to do on the field, it, it, it's less than 0% that he should even think about that. And I did not see his last appearance on Pat McAfee. I don't know what they talked about with this. But at some point, I would imagine that he would have to be asked, where are you with this? And we have to put, some, put this one to bed. I mean, because part of the equation was, and I get it, not only do I feel good, but where are we? And they're nowhere. So, I mean, it has to be put to bed. I know Aaron kind of said I don't think getting injured again would really set me back, which I don't even know why, how we could say that. That would set you back. Keep rehabbing, and we'll see you next year. We will see him next year. Coming up next, though, let's find out where we are going to see Shohei Atani next year and if anyone knows his dog's name at this point. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's check in on the Shohei Otani free agency circus of secrecy, okay? So the latest that we have is Dodgers manager Dave Roberts acknowledging on Tuesday that his team met with Otani at Dodger Stadium for a couple hours. He's the first person to divulge even the most basic details about any dealings with Otani, which isn't great because apparently Shohei does not want any of his meetings made public. That's why it's the circus of secrecy, as I'm calling it. So... He's not, he's being so secretive, guys, that news came out the other day that people were asking about, remember, you know, when he accepted his award and he had his cute dog with him? So media outlets were reaching out asking what the dog's name was, and no one from Shohei Otani's camp will divulge that information. So we can't even get the dog's name. So did Dave Roberts put himself in the doghouse when he said that they met with ah. Shohei? Come on. <laughs> it's such a shame because that dog is so cute so and Shohei cute. bringing him out to accept the MVP was such a strong PR move here. That's the thing that confuses me is he brought the dog out. So clearly he understands what we've been hearing and saying for years, which is if you've got an advertisement, if you're running a Super Bowl commercial, if you want any positive PR, 
throw a dog into the mix and it is always going to work out well for you bill belichick famously put nike his dog onto the draft day set and it's like the most likable thing bill belichick has ever done it gave us meme content forever all of that stuff so dad Hayatani is an incredibly private guy and it seems like that more dad than he feels like unnecessarily making anybody jump through hoops right like maybe this is some sort of test in his mind but to me it just overall reeks of a guy who doesn't want a lot of his business out there yeah and, and I think and, and listen he has every right to do that let me start by saying that he can handle his business any way he wants not given the dog's name is interesting but again his choice he can do that Overall, though, those that are saying, and I agree, it's kind of a shame for baseball because not only do you want the season to go well, but what do pro sports like to do as well? They like to be talked about in the offseason, right? Who's winning the offseason? You know, we talk about the NFL as a year-round, you know, with the combine and free agency and the draft. What kind of news do you have going on in the offseason? This will be the biggest contract all time in baseball and one of the best players we've ever seen since again between batting and pitching Babe Ruth so I mean this is this is is about as high as you can get right now and it's not talked about because Shohei wants to keep it under wraps his right but still it is a shame for baseball that this can't be talked about more that the teams that are talking to him can say we're talking to him you can start to throw around and all the insiders will throw around numbers that he's going to get but this can't this is the biggest thing in baseball in a while because of the stature of how good this guy plays and it can't even be talked about to the point that their camp said if you talk about it we may penalize you so are the Dodgers as as Jesse said are going to be in the doghouse because Dave Roberts mentioned it so to me overall for baseball it is a shame that this isn't openly being discussed by all sides I I guess, like, I, as I saw Buster Olney, I love Buster Olney. He's one of my favorite people. We got yes. to work with him at ESPN. He's the one that penned the article talking about what a miss this was for baseball and how Shohei could have been going around and doing this tour of free agency and waxing poetic about the cities that he was in and making charitable donations. And, like, when have we ever seen that? In the history yeah. of free yeah. agency, yeah. in any sport that we've talked about, have we seen free agency? And I understand Buster, I think, was being a little bit purposely hyperbolic in the way that he approached that but I guess my whole point is most of these things like even Kevin Durant one of the most high profile free agencies leading up to Golden State he took meetings in the Hamptons but it's not like he was out here talking a ton about it it's not like we heard a ton out of that it's not like we got to see anything from the meetings in there some teams talked a little bit about it publicly but what do we need that for really outside of a few sound bites as a public we're going to talk about where he's going to go we're going to talk about how exciting he is as a prospect I just struggle to see dad what part of Shohei Itani's beginning of his career in Major it's, League Baseball ever looked like this version of his free agency was even remotely possible? It's baseball in the news. That's what it is, Mike. It's baseball in the news. Now the only part they're, not, they're in the news is that it's a secretive thing. It might be a little thing. It's not, it's not the biggest thing in the world. And Shohei to do tours was never going to happen he's a guy why do, why he doesn't need to do tours anywhere he it would be kind of just like kevin durant i'm gonna i'm gonna sit in one spot and you guys come to me but it, I, to me again it's just baseball being talked about with one of the greatest players we've ever seen uh may not be a big thing but it's something that again keeps you talked about in the offseason is it the biggest miss in the world is baseball going to suffer from it absolutely not they're not going to suffer from it but it would be nice to hear the actual teams that are involved and that they're talking about. Just be nice for us. Give us more to talk about at times as well. Maybe bring people on to talk about it. But nobody can do anything. You can't do anything because these teams know they might be penalized for it. So is it the end of the world? No. But is it fun to have the discussion and does it keep baseball kind of on in the top of people's mind in the offseason? Yeah, it does. Well, you know what, baseball people, mana from heaven in the form of Dave Roberts, unafraid of the potential consequences, unafraid to speak his mind, a man who's going to live on truth and stand on business. This was Dave Roberts talking about Fight Club. Am I able to say that? Um, it's a good possibility. I, I think that, um, um, yeah, we met with him. You know, I don't want to. I'd like to be honest, and so uh, we, we we met with Shohei, and uh, we talked, and um, 
I think it went well. I think it went well. I can't imagine, Dad, the heads of everyone in the Dodgers front office watching all of that. Their GM, Brandon Gomes, just looking up and being like, oh, my God. Oh, don't my God, he it. said it. Oh, don't my God, it. guys, he said it. Get on the phone. He said it. We don't know what to do. Panic, panic, panic. Oh, I mean, you could tell when he was – the wheels were turning in Dave Roberts' head, right? How, how far <laughs> should I take this? Where do I go? Finally, I think he was like, F it. Yeah, we talked to him. Okay, we talked to him. We had a good conversation. I want to, I just, and, and he puts it under the, I just want to be honest with you guys, you know, <laughs> because that's what every manager, coach, anything all time is make sure that they're always honest uh, with, with the, the, uh, the media. But you could definitely tell that the wheels were spinning there. And you're right, the heads had exploded as soon as he said it and how quickly it would reverberate back. Will the Dodgers really be penalized for that? I highly doubt it. You know, I mean, that was about as innocent as a comment that you could make. He didn't really go any further than we talked and had a good talk. Well, you know what? No kidding. I mean, we could pretty much say the four or five teams that are going to try and talk with him, all right? So that wasn't, I don't think anybody walked away from that going, wow, what a revelation, <laughs> other than, well, he just confirmed what right. we already knew. So I, yeah, I, I don't think Shoei all of a sudden they're saying, well, okay, one check mark against the Dodgers, and we're keeping score now. <laughs> That's the thing. Like we know, the Dodgers were going. The Dodgers, yes. a team with one of those infinity payrolls, was going to talk to the most high-priced free agent in baseball. Much the same way, we are not stunned that the New York Yankees went out there and tried to acquire right. Toronto Blue Jays. Also, apparently, players in the Shohei Itani sweepstakes. And Dad, maybe most terrifying of all, according to uh, one player agent who told Buster Olney that there's a thought that Shohei Itani might just go back to the Angels yeah. because he is devoted to the routine and the organization would be able to offer him the most money and the most leeway they apparently let this guy do pretty much it's like that line right. from uh from billy madison or whatever since we let our first or the wedding singer since we let our yeah. first class passengers do pretty much whatever they want here is shohei Yatani. like he gets the run of the place he's rich and as mike trout i'm sure has told him behind closed doors you can be rich comfortable with zero expectations out here because they ain't going nothing and nowhere in the postseason and, and I've talked about this, Mike, for years since I first got in the media is everybody is different in free agency on what their wants are. Uh, the Is it a ring? Is it money? Is it ge geography? What are the reasons you're afraid? To him, $560 million or $530 million? Okay, I'll take $530 million and stay where I'm comfortable. I'm just throwing out numbers, but... It's, it's ridiculous, that, that amount. So his comfort level may be with the Angels. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to stay here if we never win. Okay, if we win, great. But I'm comfortable here. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Apparently, Shohei Itani's free agency is just that. Coming up next, let's talk to Houston Texans tight end, Brevin Jordan, about their season. Welcome back to Gojo and Golic. The Texans are arguably the biggest surprise of the 2023 season. And man, does the future look very bright in Houston. Now, the guys had a chance to talk with Brevin Jordan. He was a fifth-round pick in 2021 by Houston. First-team All-ACC at Miami in 2019. 1,358 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns in 31 career games with the Hurricanes. He had a career-high 64 receiving yards last week versus Denver, and he had a chance to chat with the fellas about how it's going in Houston. All right, pumped to be joined uh, by Houston, Texas tight end Brevin Jordan. Kind enough to give us some time. Coming off a career day for you, man. How are you feeling? You know, one of your best games of your pro career uh, in a win against the Jags. How are you feeling coming off that? Uh, I mean, I feel all right. You know, I'm ready to get back to work, honestly, to uh... – get ready to do it again you know there's no need to get hyped over you know 60 yards in my opinion it's, it's just got to keep going Phil you got a lot more to offer I'm sure but uh, on a team that has been such a I I've, to to us on the outside a surprise you know with a rookie quarterback starting and what's been happening what's what's been the talk as this season's going on in the locker room about the success your guys have had 
I, honestly, I don't think it was a surprise to anybody on the team, you know, to have the success that we're having. Honestly, it was a uh, the Miko and that staff, man. I mean, it was just swarm mentality since OTAs, swarm mentality. So I think you know, just because of you know the coaches and and, and the what's the word, the standard that that the coaches hold us to and the players hold ourselves to. I mean, I I'm not nobody's surprised, honestly. You say swarm mentality. Take us into that. What does that mean? How is that presented to you guys? Yeah, it means special work ethic and relentless mindset. So for us, it's just you got to have a work ethic and you got to have a relentless mindset. We have we live by the word relentless. We you know we're relentless with everything, technique, even your mentals. You know, when we do walkthroughs, you got to be relentless, have a relentless uh, attention to 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 just get better. So that that's just one thing we live on. What do you think is the biggest thing your head coach, your young first time head coach, brings to your team? Man, he brings a juice. Man, D'Amico's a. He's a guy that you know you really want to play for. You 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 admire the fact that he can, whether it's tough, you know, whether we just took a loss, or and that's it's 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 somewhat admirable because, I mean, you want to play for a guy like that, a former player. You want to play for a guy that has that energy, that that understands what it's like to be a player, how our bodies feel. So I mean, it's it's awesome, man. You feel like he's still got a few snaps left in him because every time I see <laughs> him, I'm surprised that he's not out on the field with you guys, <laughs> bro. <laughs> He's huge, bro. He's a huge <laughs> linebacker, bro. I'm so, like, he's he's stocky, bro. So, yeah, I think he could easily go out there, get my offseason. I think he'll go out there, get five tackles for us, easy. You know, there are certain coaches around the league that you look at and you say, boy, when they get angry, I wonder what they're like. We always bring up like a Dan Campbell uh, because of what his size. So When D'Amico gets mad, is there is there that kind of glare or gleam in his eye that's like, oh, man, this, this – this dude may still I've have seen, it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, we, I, I haven't really seen D'Amico mad. He's, he's, he's honestly very leveled. He's, he's the same. But you can tell when something like just slightly irritates him. You know, just some whether it's a mental mistake or what, just something small. You could just see it in his eyes. His eyes get low key, kind of clear, and he looked like he just finna rip somebody's head off. But he <laughs> keeps it very composed. So he's got that composure. What about your quarterback here? A rookie going out and doing what CJ's done for you guys here. How would you describe his demeanor, his emotional state during a game and in practice? Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty much the same, honestly. He's he's a very leveled guy, but CJ, CJ's he's a West Coast cat. You know, I'm a West Coast cat, so me and him kind of you know we get along. But he's a he's a a very leveled guy who plays with a fire and a passion. You know that not a lot of guys you know have. He he's born with that 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 competitive edge, that passion, that fire. That it really brings it out on everybody. All eleven guys on the field. It, it 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 just ups everybody's play. And it's like when you play for a guy like that, when you're playing. Next to a guy like that, it's like, man, you just you just want to go ten times harder for him. Well, you were a rookie a couple of years ago. Compared to your rookie year and other rookies you saw around you, is is he different than that? One hundred percent, he's very different. And is it there's it, it, you mentioned that swagger? Is is it that? I mean, even from a play standpoint, it just doesn't seem like he's ever overwhelmed by the situation or or hitting a rookie wall or any of the normal stuff we see ascribed to those guys. Yeah, the dude is a dude is different, man. I mean, I'm telling you, he's a he's a film junkie. Like I'm talking about, like it'll be eight o'clock on a Thursday. <laughs> he's gonna send clips of the plays that we've been running in our receiver group chat. Like the dude. He'd be here till I don't even know what time. He's a he's a film junkie. He's he 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 I think I think what makes CJ, you know, so so good at early in his career is I think his I may maybe maybe it's just I'm I don't know his psych, but I think for him it's he has to feel overly prepared. He he the feeling of not being prepared enough, man, I think it think scares him. So I think he's always just overly prepared and he's ready to go. What about your guys' offensive coordinator? Bobby Slowick's a name I think a lot of people are getting to know now. He comes from one of the most popular coaching trees in the NFL. For you as a skill player, one of the pass catchers in this room, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to the way that he wanted to call offense? Yeah, man. I mean, there was a there was a couple that I had to make for myself. I would say running off the ball. I mean, it's not, it's not, that's, that sounds like something so small, but in reality, running off the ball, creating displacement with the D line in the run game, that was huge, man. And, and I would say just honestly, in our office, you have to be a Swiss Army knife. You have to be able to pass, protect, block out the backfield, run routes, catch screens, block for screens. So, I mean, for me, just adding everything into my arsenal, you know, I came from a, a um, a program in college where it was all spread, one word calls, 
lineup. You know, I didn't I didn't wasn't asked to block much. So for me, this system it, it, it's helped me develop my game overall. How has speaking of of how the offensive system is working? How has it been? And is it going to change now? Tank Dell, second leading receiver, gone for the season. Mm-hmm. Now it's a shame. What a, what a shame on that Man. injury. But that happens. We all know. Everybody mm-hmm. been playing football. Everybody knows it happens. So what could change on this offense? Honestly, man, I don't know. That 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 is a huge loss for us for sure. I mean, Tank's a, my dog, man. That's that's my dog. It's a honestly, it's a it's a huge loss for us, but the game of football is you guys know, it's next man up. Every you have to be mentally ready at all times to to step up and and and, and dominate your role, you know, for that game for that week. So I think I don't I don't think the offense is going to change much, you know. It's going to be, you know, we might add a couple different wrinkles here and there, but the foundation of our offense is run off the ball and just be relentless. So I, I think as long as we keep that mindset, we'll be all right. Yeah. Another guy that in your role in the offense, you mentioned having to block more now in this version of it. I'd imagine you and Will Anderson Jr. spent a fair amount of time button heads during training camp and in the offseason. He had a big game this last time out here, a couple of sacks starting to get home to the quarterback. But what have you seen from him all in the lead up to this in the offseason for a guy that was right behind CJ in the draft? Yeah, that dude is a tank, man. That dude is a that dude is a freaking tank. Uh honestly, Will is a he's a he's a very mature just just pro. You know what I'm saying? Just one of those guys that's just, you know, bring your lunch pail to work. Let's, let's go to work. You know what I'm saying? Just just a, a greedy guy that's just just is humble, just loves to work, man. I mean, I, during the offseason, there was a couple times where me and him were lifting together like in our groups and stuff and the dude is just he was I mean, there's it's not by accident that he was voted captain. Like his energy, the way he carries himself as a as a person and on the field is is it's really one of one. That's so there's a reason why he was a captain. So let's look at the game coming up. The Jets, you know, from a national perspective, when we look at that team, the offense is, is has certainly been struggling, but that defense is for real. So from your side of the ball, going up against that Jet defense, give us a little scouting report on them. Yeah, I mean, no, they're they're very similar to our defense. The 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 family tree, you know, kind of it all kind of runs down. Uh, Salah helped D'Amico obviously with the his coaching, you know, help him advance into the coaching uh the coaching world. But honestly, man, no matter who we play, we don't. I mean, the scheme. Yes, they're a, a great defense. They're electric. But honestly, stepping to the right the right gap, stepping to the right guy, getting hat placement, uh, being stout in protection, receivers winning their one on ones. We feel like there's nobody that can beat us, honestly. So as long as we go out there and we do what we got to do, I would think the result will handle itself. Uh, It's clearly showed so far you guys have been one of the most talked about teams through this NFL season. A big surprise for the outside, but as you said, no surprise for the guys inside that locker room. Uh, Brevin, we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck with everything going forward. We're excited to keep watching you guys do your thing. Appreciate you guys. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. So on Tuesday, NFL Network's David Carr set the internet on fire when he suggested that the Eagles do something many would consider clinically insane. And I think that when you look at this team, you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly. And you have to really say, is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get fully healthy? Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Put Marcus in there, win a couple games, maybe you have the number one seed still. 
you might have it. I'd say he's probably better playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Right now. Right now. He would be more productive. Hey, I didn't say right that, now. Philly. Later, I didn't say that, when Philly. When you're healthy, hey, we'll I see know what time playoffs, it is. Jaylen. I didn't say that. He said that. It's all, all the way good. to the Super Bowl. Guys, people went crazy for this clip. It's a little out of context, right, because he was talking more about, like, the fact that Jalen Hurts isn't fully healthy, right? Yeah, so he was definitely referencing the injury, and I'm sure part of the thought process there is, Dad, Marcus Mariota, healthy, especially with what he affords you as a runner at this point, might be something as an answer for the Eagles offensively. I disagree with it still because of all the other things that Jalen Hurts affords you that Marcus Mariota just doesn't at this point in his career. But, Dad, there's no doubt as you look at what's ailing the Eagles, and we know this is all relative, right? The Eagles just lost another game for the first time in God knows how long they're 10 and 2 or 11 and 2 on the season whatever the record is here and they lost to the best team in football in the San Francisco 49ers right but looking at the offense we know it's been trending this way for a while and when you look at the litany of things that have seemed to fall back from their standard on offense where they've been this dominant force one of them is certainly Jalen Hurts has not looked comfortable, Dad. He's been dealing with that bruised knee all year. He's much less explosive, much less willing, I think, to hold on and carry the football. And in a world where their offense is also without Dallas Goddard at tight end and limited some in terms of personnel that they can put out there and some of the plays, like the zone read RPOs that have Dallas Goddard as a passing option off of that run pass option, Without that involved there and without Jalen Hurts' legs, it does limit some of what has made this Eagles offense so successful since Hurts took over. So I understood what Carr was saying as far as, hey, let because we know Jalen's been dealing with the knee, let him heal up, put Marcus in, keep their head above water. If they lose the number one seed, that's not as important as Jalen being healthy. And there was part of me that could go, all right, it's a, I, I, under, I kind of understand it. But when he said right now Marcus would be better on the field than Jalen Hurts, that, that, that blew it out of the water. I said, okay, that, that's, there's no shot. I would agree, not even close to agreeing with that at all. But you kind of look at him this year, and it was kind of Dak last year, right? Dak ended up with 15 interceptions. Jalen has 10 interceptions and has lost four fumbles. So he's, he has 14 turnovers this year, something we're not that used to. Uh, with him, so I was the, uh, the the knee. I don't know, but he has not looked as comfortable. Uh, but but I don't. I certainly wouldn't pull him off the field uh, at that point. At this point, no chance of that. Um, so I, I I do disagree that Marcus would be better now. But there's no doubt he is ailing a bit. But they do have enough to spread it around, though they do count on his running. And I, as I get ready to call this game and start to, to break it down, it, it's fascinating some of the stats of how well, in all honesty, on the other side, the Dallas def- or offense has been playing and just how, how much the Philly defense has slipped. Now, a lot has, has done with injury, but they have really slipped. There are some really, really interesting matchups overall. Like Dallas plays a lot of man. A.J. Brown does great against man. I mean, do they do that? C.D. Lamb, the only receiver in the league that has over 500 yards in the slot and out as a wide receiver. So, I mean, there's a lot of interesting matchups to coverage. Um, but a lot is going to be, yes, Jalen Hurts getting the rushing game going. You saw the two guys that were outside the uh, the facility saying, run the ball. Yeah. And Nick Sirianni said, the ball. was asked about it. He's like, yeah, we got those guys. We gave them some coffee. And, you know, they're right. They, they would, whenever you look at the splits when the, when the Eagles are playing their best, and pretty much this is true with everybody, you see that good split of pass run. Against the 49ers, it wasn't. And the game started to get away from them, but still when it was closer, there yeah. wasn't enough pass run split, something that, that they have to do that keeps them so balanced. So... It will be interesting because they can go from a nice lead as the number one seed, of which they are, to right now if they lose this game to Dallas and they split, and right now Dallas would be on top of the division, but Philly still would control it with the rest of the schedule to win the division, even if they lost this game. But it would be certainly a bit of a fall for them because Dallas is playing really well right now. It's going to be an interesting one in Dallas for this game. 
Yeah, it's a potential huge statement for Dallas. Philly obviously won the first matchup between these two teams. The end of that game could have gone either way, and it was just a comedy of errors from both teams in the final two minutes of that game. Deb, with Jalen Hurts' role in this ultimately, I think it's two things, right? It's one, he's less viable as a runner in a way that he usually is, but also, and I was talking to Mina Kimes about this yesterday, and she brought this up, that the Philadelphia Eagles have now faced two high safety defenses at the second highest rate in the NFL this year, or something close to that. Teams are playing them differently, and the Eagles, because Jalen Hurts hasn't been as viable, because Dallas Goddard's not been there, because, 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 because of the wonderful things they're not doing, they haven't been able to take advantage of those looks and run the ball at the level that we've been used to or think of when we think of this Eagles offensive line and how dominant they've usually been in that area. And so when teams are taking away more of the big play stuff that you can get from Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and you're not able to go and mash them up front because of some personnel limitations right now, that creates a pretty interesting spot for them to wind up because, Dad, we saw last week the Seahawks, when they played Dallas, excuse me, on Thanksgiving, got in 12 personnel. They put two tight ends out there, and they had a lot more success running the football, getting their receivers open versus some of those man coverage looks. And Philly right now is not going to be in a position to take advantage of that in the same way, though they might be able to still find more success downfield because of how Dallas approaches this. It's just fascinating to see if this can be a get-right game for an Eagles offense that's not that far off. But again, we're grading them on Dallas, San Francisco, the upper crust of the NFC, not the rest of what's going on below them. Yeah, because you you look at the first time they played, and Dallas is a single high safety team. And Philadelphia averaged just a little over three yards a carry in that game. They ran it 33 times. They only passed it 23 times. But Jalen threw for over 200 yards. Dallas outgained them. Dallas had over 400 yards. And the Eagles had 320-something, I believe, in that game. The receiving, you know, C.D. Lamb, 11 for 191. Jake Ferguson, 7 for 91. You know, getting beat, uh, getting a lot of success in the middle of that field. So I, that will be one of the big things for me. Can the running game work for Philadelphia? Because Dallas pretty much, even though, again, Philly ran for 109 yards, but 33 times. So your yards per carry weren't very good. Uh, So that will be an interesting set to me is can they get the running game going? Because we've said it. This team is still the number one seed in the NFC. And every week we say, well, boy, they, ah, you know, are they, where are they? Are they looking? And, And we still question it, yet still there they are at the top of the conference. Well, and we talk about the offense, we should just bear repeating, underlying metrics, they are 5th in EPA per play overall, they are 5th in drop back EPA, they are 6th in rush EPA, so they're still performing at a high level, but Dad, the difference I do defense. think, and this is kind of similar for Buffalo, who's had an incredible offense, who's turned the ball over a little bit, yep. but defensively can't overcome it. Yep. The Eagles defense had 70 sacks last year and was a monster, and this year right. they are so depleted at linebacker, Nichols been an issue for them as well, CCD Lamb in the last time they played in the career day that he had and so that becomes the worry now dad is I just don't know if the Eagles defense because of attrition and personnel moves this offseason is in a position to bail them out when things do go wrong for the offense at this point yeah I mean because one thing you know trying to get the pressure you mentioned 70 sacks last year they have 34 this year and that that Dallas line Tyron Smith, who we've talked about with the injuries that he's had over the years, is by pressure rate the top left tackle in the league. Zach Martin's third at guard. Tyler Smith is playing well at left guard. I mean, this old line is playing very, very well. They're just playing better than Philadelphia right now. That's just going to make it very, very interesting. That is, and, and what a great O-line porn matchup this weekend yes, is right now. Yeah. You want to talk about different styles. But you're right. You have gotten your Hall of Fame left tackle and your Hall of Fame right guard who have both dealt with a litany of injuries looking like they're back in year four and five in their career physically and with all the benefit of experience now. up what you've seen he's looked awesome like he looks like a new dude it looks like he got a new body he looks so strong and fast and he looks so good god he's a freak